Chelsea Chat. I'm your host, Samuel Davies. In this episode, I speak with James Lindsay about his transition back to work following a psychotic episode. We touch on mental health, mental illness, and what position charities and their staff have in helping with transitions back to work. This is, of course, a time of great mental health stress on so many of us, higher than usual levels of anxiety and unprecedented isolation combined with discouragement from social activities because of the lockdown and uh, social distancing certainly will contribute to this overwhelming uh, mental health stress that we're all feeling. We don't have all the answers here in this episode, but we do have a voice that might be reflecting back some of what you all are feeling and in that sharing of that burden. So without further ado, here is James Lindsay speaking to me about transitioning back to work. I'm delighted to welcome long-term listener, friend of the show, blogger on mental health with experience of marketing in the charity sector, James Lindsay. Hello, James. Hello, thanks for having me again. It's a pleasure. Thanks for joining us again. As, as we were talking about it before, it's been a f- over a year since we last uh, did a charity chat together. Um, but, uh, and in that time, you know, lots, lots happened to the world, isn't it? And we find ourselves recording this on, uh, towards the end of July 2020, in the middle of a uh, global pandemic. Um, you've blogged extensively about your own mental illness for uh, Mind and other organisations over the past few years. Um, yep. You also work in the charity sector, and we've spoken before about healthy mental health cultures. Um, today we're speaking about what happens when mental health affects your work and how charity workplaces can support staff in this situation, which is particularly relevant now. Can you start yeah. by telling me and the audience about how you... How you were feeling at the end of last year? Um, yeah, of course. So uh, end of last year, um, unfortunately, I had um, a relapse of my mental illness. So um, I suffered from psychosis back in 2016. I had a psychotic episode. And then last year, December, um, was a relapse. So it was like I had another brief episode. It wasn't as severe as the first one. Um, but I had to take some time off work and I had to go and get some treatment like in the form of counselling and I had to have um, an increase of medication. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't the best end to otherwise a really good year like because yeah. um, I started in a, new, in a new job in August last year. So yeah, everything was going really well. Um, and what happened was it was a bit of a mix up of my um, medication. So I was meant to be taking 100 grams of this drug called quetiapine and I went to collect my normal medication and basically the pharmacist didn't point out that instead of taking one tablet I had to take two so it was two tablets that was half the dosage right and I didn't read on the label either this so I was I was like taking half of the meds without knowing I was on half of the meds so 
I mean, that was part that was part of the reason I had the episode. Um, and also it was just, you know, sort of December for some people, you can be like really busy and you're like rushing around to fi- finish everything before Christmas. Yeah. Um, I was a bit, I was doing a bit of that and I was putting like too much stress on myself, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, I've sort of learned a lot from it like in terms of like looking after myself at work like not to be too hard on myself and stuff and what was it solely work stress or was it i mean you know as you say december christmas time is generally stressful outside of work isn't it in terms of you know everyone wants to meet up before the end of the year i've never understood that you know why people need to meet up it can't be january it has to be december but that seems to be the case and all these other commitments things like that and also um, uh, lack of uh, daylight at that time of year as well. I suppose there's a lot mm. of these different things. Did that feed into, as well as the the, um, the medication, did that feed into your, your situation that you found yourself in? So I was packing too much into my calendar in terms of like work and social life. I was just constantly on the go without giving myself a break. Um, So I think I've learned from that just to give myself, you know, like more me time and more, you know, when you're just doing nothing and like your mind's not occupied by work and and stuff. Like I've learned to kind of being kind to myself as a result of um, what went on. And so it was it was back in December last year that you had this psychotic episode. And what was that? Did that then lead straight away to taking time off of work? Was that a kind of an immediate response? Yeah, so um, like I was, I was assessed as being like unfit for work. Um, so I had to let my line manager know um, that I was going to be off for the foreseeable future. Um, and I think they did it on like a month by month basis. So I'd get like a sick note for a whole month. And then at the end of the month, I'd either renew the sick note saying I'm unfit or um, eventually what it led to was the fit note saying that I may be fit for work because um, I've, I've started a phase return um, since June this year. Um, so yeah, it was quite a considerable time off, but you know, it was needed to get my head right. And, and how, how did it go down that, that process? Um, a lot of people won't, won't have been through this themselves. What what's that situation like with your conversation with work? Is it that you so you, you contact your line manager? Um, presumably they were they were understanding and, and supportive. Yeah, well, um, when I actually joined the charity, um, I made them aware of the condition I was like recovering from. Hmm. Um, so yeah, they they knew about it beforehand, and I was very open and honest with them. Yeah. Like when I joined, and I think that's the best way because otherwise you 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 end up saying, "Oh, I'm I'm suffering from a recurrent occurrence of this illness," and they'll be like, "Oh, what illness? Like you never told us this." And yeah, we just it would have been so much worse that way. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, it, it, was were there any uh, challenges with? I mean, how are you feeling? I suppose right, another question: How are you feeling at that time? when you're obviously dealing with it with a lot, was there an element of worry or anxiety about how work were going to respond as, as, as the months went by? Um, at first there was, cause I, I thought I would have been putting my 
line manager under a bit of pressure like with without me being in the picture like their workload would have increased a lot but um luckily we had um a person who was doing a little bit of work for us part-time on our in our online gift shop who was able to kind of like take over for me so they were able to find cover quite quickly um so i think that reduced the you know the stress and the the workload for them like missing me mm. um so that kind of made me feel a lot like less guilty that you know my work was being covered and like, i didn't have to worry that i was letting anyone, anyone down yeah. in, ter- in terms of the um so what, what was your line manager or your colleague kind of checking in with you every once in a while every few weeks or, or how because i suppose I guess there must there must be from from their side there may be some element of trepidation about being perceived as putting you under pressure to come back right well I, I never really had any like pressure to come back from them um yeah. they were good in terms of like they got the balance spot on in terms of like staying in touch with me but also sort of leaving me to go and get better without kind of being too um overbearing yeah what what was that balance like i mean for the was it kind of how regular was that contact was it kind of weekly or monthly or um it was monthly so i would kind of give them a an overview on like how i'd been getting on um in terms of like my therapy and my medication and stuff and like my manager would kind of give me a little kind of like, you know, oh, we're doing great here type thing. Like just like a an update on how things are, what, what's been going on. And it was good because when I eventually did get back to starting the phase return, they were very like, you know, we're happy for you to start this week if you feel ready to. So there was no like hard pressure to, to come back. So they were very, very understanding and empathetic about the whole situation, which was really good for me. What was it like for you going back? What was that kind of first day or week like? Um, It's been a bit odd because I've gone back, but I've just been working from home. I haven't actually been physically to the office yet yeah um so it's a weird one it almost feels like i'm not properly back um I think it feels that way for a lot of us doesn't it i i yeah in way yeah yeah um so yeah at the moment our office is closed um so i'm, I'm really looking forward to going back and actually seeing faces in person rather than on zoom calls and stuff yeah how how are you i mean is the organization you're working for are they quite are you seeing some really kind of positive uh, kind of awareness of mental health? I mean, it sounds like they did really well by you in terms of the situation that you were in um, at the end, well, the last few months. Um, is that, do you think that's part of their culture? Is that something that you like about the organisation you're working for? Yeah, yeah. Um, my, my interactions with my line manager have been really positive. Um, and they they've just been so supportive and really patient with me mm. um so i haven't felt any pressure to 
go back to work like as soon as possible and you know they've been careful in um sort of finding out what what's been going on with me and they've also like asked the right questions like you know how can we support you mm. and are there any changes we need to make with like how you work um so yeah i think their culture's really good in terms of like how they look after the staff yeah i think i can't i can't really say anything more like i, I think they're just a really good employer and now now that you're back are you how are you finding uh kind of working from home and and uh how much of you are you are you back to doing your full job can you do your full job working from home or what, what's it like i'm not quite doing my full job because um so when i started the phase return i was only doing two half days a week um now i'm up to three half days a week and then next week i'm going to four so I'll almost be like doing half the hours I originally was last year. Um, so, you know, I've been, I've been doing certain aspects of my job again, but not all of them, like some of it, them have been missing um, because some aspects of the job, I think just require someone to be working full time. So the person who was covering me while I was off is still you know like partially covering me if that makes sense yeah and in the organization you work for are they are they kind of operating normally are they like a lot of charities finding that you know certain things that they would normally be doing can't be done yeah so they're not really operating normally because um they had several fundraising events like in person that they had to cancel this year like that involved people visiting the rescue centers and mm -hmm the rescue center has been closed to the public since lockdown right um and i think that we've got a charity shop in watford as well and that's only just reopened hmm. so yeah they're starting to take like tentative steps back to normality um but not quite there yet and um i think we're we're still waiting for like kind of lockdown to be eased further before we can go back to some type of normal we all are aren't we in one way or another and yeah. uh and yeah let's hope that that's going to be soon we said in our last interview uh, that there's a shared responsibility when it comes to mental health between individuals and the management of the organization they work for we talked to kind of around those those things when we last met has your view changed in that 18 months or, or do you think it's, it's still that, that way? My opinion that I expressed on the previous episode that I was on has not changed. And um, I think it's important for employees to be very like uh, honest and open about their mental health because if they have any condition um, that affects their work, like it's important that they tell the employer so then because otherwise the employer won't know how to help mm, yeah. um so yeah i think it's it's important for both sides to be honest and open and, and just like collaborative because if, if you do do that then you're both you know you're you're doing the best you can for for the same goal like for to, to make sure that you're doing the job as best you can
and uh, we we're you know we're going to be talking uh, in future episodes uh, about mental health in a kind of a big picture way but from your perspective james how what kind of things have you been doing in the last few months to to help with your own mental health i mean everyone's been doing different things haven't they i've been trying to get out for walks at lunchtime you know trying to go for a run every week and, and things like that is that the kind of stuff you've been focusing on yeah i i try and do a lot as much exercise as i can because i mean endorphins and things like that are really good for mental health um and to be honest just like seeing people like as much as possible like which has been challenging because of the lockdown but like just staying in touch with people and just um you know talking about what you're going through i think is the most important thing mm. um because without that like people don't know how they can help you yeah, yeah. That, the kind of the connection with people i mean that's what i miss i mean and i don't know yeah. about you but i find that I mean, I realise, you know, we're talking via Zoom now, um, but I'm just about to lay into Zoom meetings, but we're talking by, by Zoom. But I, it's, it's kind of, it's not the same, is it? I mean, I, I, for me, I don't feel it's, it's the same. I don't get the same out of it. It's, it's, a, nice, it's a good thing to have. Um, otherwise, you know, we wouldn't be able to see each other right now, being you know, so far away from each other. But it doesn't, in my, my mind, it doesn't make up for the actual being in the same room talking to somebody. Obviously, we can't do that now, but that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably one person that doesn't think that Zoom will take the place of being in the same space as somebody else. I really hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I know there, there are studies and things, that articles I've read about, um, you know, kind of these types of meetings uh, where you're looking at a screen and it's, it's actually more tiring for those people in those meetings. And I've definitely experienced that uh, myself. Uh, there are lots of reasons for that. but. Uh, I guess, you know, you get some uh, cues, don't you, for like visual cues, but, you know, it's not quite the same. Are you having to do lots of Zoom and, and uh, these kind of meetings, uh, other platforms um, in your current day-to-day -day, now that you're back? Um, only, so I have like a weekly catch-up with um, my line manager on Zoom. Mm. Um, but so far, that's the only use of it that I have um, other than I... I've been emailing people a lot. Yeah. Um, occasionally speak to a colleague over the phone. Um, but yeah, I, I think too much Zoom isn't good because I guess um, screen time, like you don't want to be using a screen too much, like overdoing it. There seems to be more. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm certainly seeing more uh, coverage in um, charity publications, charity um, websites and things like that about mental health, about uh, and also in, in the press about uh, anxiety and, um, you know, a lot of the symptoms of COVID-19, the kind of mental health symptoms of COVID-19. Are you seeing the same thing? Do you feel that that's opening up more discussion around mental health, perhaps in the longer term? Um. Yeah, I think um, more and more people are kind of uh, coming out and um, making it like a, a topic of conversation, like sort of people that are like in the public eye, mm. as well as just general, like, you know, people in their workplaces. Um, 
I feel like we it's it's almost the norm now to kind of be able to talk about it, which is really good. Um, I think we've come a long way, but like I was thinking, like at the start of the the pandemic, like because that the the COVID's obviously an invisible illness, and people were concerned about that, but before it even started like mental illness is an invisible illness so yeah yeah it's um it's a tricky one because it can just come out of nowhere but um yeah i feel like we're we're going in the right direction definitely and and hopefully like i suppose they're kind of big picture stuff as well in terms of the suggestion that maybe uh, people can empathize more with others in need because we've all been in need in some way or another through this uh, lockdown people have been separated from people they love or have been unable to do certain things maybe there's a, a kind of a, a deeper sense well I suppose a lot of charities hope there is I do uh, that people are, are now maybe in some ways more likely to kind of be able to put themselves in other people's positions and, and, and then support more charities or give more support and I suppose it's, it's kind of what you were saying. It, potentially, it's that's a similar thing with mental health. This sense of people may have felt um, kind of short-term uh, depression or anxiety um, and maybe feeling that now. And, it, and maybe, again, in the longer term, that might make for a, a world of more understanding when it comes to mental health issues. Yeah. James Lindsay, thanks again for contributing to Charity Chats. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. big thank you there to James Lindsay for his openness and willingness to share his own challenges over the past few months. We all know a level of stress and anxiety in our own lives. This fluctuates for us all and some days are better than others. Recent figures though from the Office for National Statistics showed high levels of anxiety, 50% among Britons in March falling to 28% in early July, with the line creeping up again later in July. This shows that while the reasons for anxiety may have changed, it is by no means going away. And with the stresses of coming out of lockdown, returning to work, and perhaps the office, we all need to be empathetic and supportive of one another, mindful that everyone is struggling and processing this terribly difficult situation in different ways. For some, struggling with persistent mental illness, life is all the more challenging anyway, and we all need to support one another. As many of us do in our personal lives with friends and family, we need also to do this in our workplace and take that responsibility into work with us. Altruism, along with exercise, sleep and diet, is something that can assist us in times of mental health. Our sector is uniquely placed to offer altruism, and the feeling of doing good in the world. Perhaps more than ever, this should be seen as a vital service that our sector offers to wider society. James's workplace, the National Animal Welfare Trust, sounds like they've done a good job in supporting him back to work in a caring and considered way. How our organisations treat our staff will reverberate around our working practices, how we engage with our supporters and ultimately impact the way that we deliver for our beneficiaries. Perhaps the organisations that flourish in the new era we're all about to enter will be those which demonstrate inside and out 
that they are a force for good, worthy of support from both staff and supporters. So thank you, dear listener, for getting this far with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode and continue to enjoy the podcast. We'd love to hear from you either way. Please do get in touch with us through our social media presence on Facebook, Twitter or LinkedIn. Uh, or do uh, get in touch with us through our website, charitychat.org.uk. We have a form on there. We'd love to hear from you. We're coming up to our 100th episode next week, so we're very excited about that. Um, It's just left for me to thank our corporate sponsors, Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit, Magda Axmit for the beautiful website design. Check it out, charitychat.org.uk. RR Yard Photography for the lovely pro bono images on our website, And of course, Forest of Fools, who have been playing throughout the show and are playing us out now. Please do continue to do what you can. Speak to you soon. Cheerio. Bye-bye.